This is a Founding Media Podcast. Welcome back to Masters and Founders, where we share the stories behind Austin's entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dan Diller. Today, we're kicking off a new segment of Masters and Founders, the Founder Spotlight, which is a series dedicated to diving in a little deeper into entrepreneurs' story. This Founder Spotlight is sponsored by PJ Christie of Search and Convert, which is an Austin-based marketing agency that can help your business by getting you more leads through your website. A few years ago, PJ Christie launched an initiative called Black Businesses Matter, where he provides free SEO optimization and marketing services to Black-owned businesses in Austin's entrepreneurial community. We're going to meet a few of the founders who have graduated from his program and share their unique entrepreneurial journeys. We're kicking off this series with guest Shannon Stott, who is the founder of the production company Improv On and Off the Stage. Shannon shares how she took the leap from corner office to entrepreneur, how improv skills can help us in business and in life, and the unique challenges that she faces as a Black female entrepreneur. It's a great episode full of inspiration, insight, and advice. So let's jump right in. Shannon, so how'd you uh, meet PJ? How did I meet PJ? This is, mm -hmm. I love this. I met PJ in a co-working space, and just like... Uh, just like improv, and we're going to talk about improv all the time today, but just like improv, um, I really had to just jump in and trust that what was coming out of his mouth was true. And we have to do that on stage and obviously off stage. And mm -hmm. it was, I, PJ, it's so fun to, to talk to you about how we met because I quite, I remember getting down to brass tacks and business and like having you give me information and thinking to myself, this is, where is, this is not real. Like, who is this person? Why would they help anyone? Why would anyone help anyone ever at this point in time? And right. having to fall back on like improv training, really, and just mm -hmm. be like, you know what? We can only trust them as as much as they're telling us that we can trust them. So we're yeah. going to jump into this. And but you, it's always fun to like hear your version because there's like this seems like there was this long courtship that I was unaware. <laughs> Our friendship <laughs> had a courting time that I wasn't aware of. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah PJ, you yeah. want to talk about that? Yeah, well, I wanted to be Shannon's friend as soon as I saw her across the room, you know. Love it. <laughs> well, you know, VUCA and co-working is a is a fun is a fun situation because there's new members that come through all the time, mm -hmm. and I've learned to recognize the deer in the headlights look of a new member who comes in and doesn't know, uh, you know, where the coffee is or you know how to right. book the the rooms or something like that. Um, I've been a member of VUCA for a really long time. And so when, when I see new members, as Shannon was a new member, um, you know, my first, my first instinct is just to help make sure that she's comfortable here. Yeah. Um, and that's just what I do for everybody. And, uh, and so, you know, it, it really starts with uh, this as a community. And, you know, my interest at VUCA has always been, how can I help stabilize this community? And right. a stable community has knowledge and shares yep. and creates together. And, uh, and, you know, Shannon certainly seemed like somebody that, that I could share and, and create with. And, um, so, uh, so yeah, I was eager to, 
eager to explain the, the program, the, the whole Black Businesses Matter program and how it provides free services, and then reiterate once again and twice again that these are always going to be free <laughs> services. Uh, and uh, So this and is that you started then, a while back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I had already been doing Black Business Matter for uh, over a year before she uh-huh. and I met. I had already helped uh, uh, six six businesses through the program, and um, so no wonder Shannon was like, no wonder Shannon was like, "What's all this help? I'm not sure about this." Yeah, but yeah. but you, you to you it was like no big deal. This is what I do. This is part of who I am. So I, I get that for sure. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of confidence that what I'm doing is the right thing for me and for the right mm-hmm. for, for the people in the community. But what was funny is that we had done a year and we had done six businesses and it was really really interesting on my side. Um, yeah. And the the question for the company. You know, uh, do we want to continue to provide search engine optimization services and landing page services and the data and the analytics? Do we want to continue to provide those for the people who were in the program the first year, or do we want to refresh it with new memberships? Mm-hmm. Um, and that it wasn't necessarily a given that we were going to uh, uh, refresh it with new memberships, but uh, as soon as we decided that we were going to do it, of course, it was no problem finding another five companies to help out. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, and so then the question was, well, how do we, uh, graduate in essence, the previous year's, uh, businesses. And what we decided was there's no reason to graduate the previous year's businesses out of the program. They weren't taking a lot of our resources. Right. We just treat, treated it like a yes. And, you know, yes, we will continue to help them. Yes. We will start new, new, uh, new companies through the, the project. Uh, we did, we did do it a little bit differently. Um, yeah. Uh, for Shannon, you know, I really wanted to immerse myself in her business, and I didn't give myself that opportunity in the first year. So, Shannon, back to you. Uh, what's the, you said improv? I want to learn more about the business. Can you talk, talk to me about uh, the the your business and 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 your journey? Yes. So the the business is improv on and off the stage. Like I mm-hmm. I am only recently getting to the spot where I'm like getting to say the thing because it used to sound like. Uh, I run a thing I run, and it's called improv on and off the stage. And it, I guess I teach improv. Like that's what it used to sound like. But now it sounds mm-hmm. like I own a production company called improv on and off the stage. We provide shows and uh, classes and uh, really content to help people connect with themselves and others through improv. And that's what we do. That's what I've been doing. I've been teaching improv for over 20 years. Right now, uh, we recently pivoted. And so we are a production company. We're not teaching classes on a regular basis, but Mm -hmm. that's, that's what we, that's what we do. We like, we we're doing shows online. We're doing shows live. We are, trying to show people that they're already doing improv and now we want them to do it on purpose. And this is both people and corporations, right? So you also help corporate companies mm-hmm. like do improv and, and the benefit there I would imagine is just being able to do, be better at sales, being able to be better at communication with other uh, coworkers and clients. Is that more or less the, the, the thought process? I'm just kind of guessing here. Yeah, a lot. So a lot of that is absolutely on the nose. We also have had people come to us who have had issues, like how to how to make sure that they are 
incorporating and listening to the people of color that they have hired, the people, uh, the people who have disabilities who they have hired, uh, transgendered people who have been in their communities, just how, how do we listen to them? How do we provide them with what they need, right? Uh, so yes, companies and yes, people. That's awesome. I love, I love that you're like, we're, we are here to help with the, the, the hard conversations, which shouldn't be as hard, but the hard conversations and how to, how to transition that through improv. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, want to talk to you about the journey. So, you know, you said you've been doing this for 20 years. Mm-hmm. What was that first, what was the, the spark that got you into improv? So we, as a family, my family is mm-hmm. A, a global family. We, my parents were uh, foreign service and mm-hmm. we traveled everywhere. We lived in lots of places. And finally, when I settled down in Richmond, Virginia, I started doing comedy sports and which is improv and improv theater that is, that is nationwide. And I started doing comedy sports. I started learning improv, started teaching. And that's not comedy I, about sports though, right? <laughs> It's not comedy about sports. It's comedy played as a sport. Get oh, it. nice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so great. I love it to this day. Um, but I started teaching and improvising, and I was realizing that the things that I was learning, like how to trust, how to communicate, how to move through a space, how to recognize what, where I am and what it means to be where I am, what kind of character is in a coffee shop versus what kind of character is under the seat, right? These, these are fun things, but they applied to how, to the things I was already doing when I was moving through time and space uh, from country to country and continent to continent, right? The things like, how do I move through this space? Who do I, who do I speak to by looking them in the eye? Who do I not speak to by doing that? What do I wear? How do I wear it? Um, How do I make friends? You know, all of these types of questions that we ask ourselves when we're not moving around, (laughs) you know, when we're in one place, we ask these questions, but when we're in one place, we fall into habits and patterns. And for me, when I was moving, I couldn't fall into habits and patterns. I had to change on the fly for each country or place that I was in. And improv absolutely connected that. Like I, I was realizing, oh, I'm already doing these things Improv teaches us to do those things. So I can teach people to do those things out in the world, hence off, off stage, right? Improv right, on right. and off the stage. Right. <laughs> so, so, for many, the so for many years, you were practicing because it was a passion of yours. You just loved it through, uh, in your travels and everything else. And then at some point, you decided to like, I'm going to put on the entrepreneurial hat and make a business of this. Is that correct? So yeah, at some, during the time that I was at comedy sports, I, when I was realizing, oh, this is a, this is a thing, a business was happening in my head and there were, it was a stop and start. It was a slow start. And then finally, when I got to Austin, I mean, I've been in Austin now 10 years, a little over 10 years. And I mean, I feel like lots of people have this, this part of the story, but the pandemic, right. And during that time, 
uh, it was the time. It was the time. It was a now or never time. I had just gone through all the things, the corporate corporate job, corner office, director in the title, all those things had happened and then it was no longer. So what do you do in that time? And I chose to start this business. So that's pretty courageous to start a business <laughs> during the pandemic. And now I want to go back to PJ. So this is this is a new business, PJ, in the pandemic. You met her. And so typically, like obviously, you know, it's like there's, as, as any entrepreneur, you're getting started. You don't have all the things that you need to like get traffic and get clients. So I, I want to learn a little bit more about whenever you see someone come in that doesn't have, doesn't fit your, uh, I guess, normal client status. Like, like corporate profile. What, what do you yeah. do? Uh, well, you know, first I, I try to meet them where they are. Um, you know, when you, when I'm, when I'm speaking to somebody in a corporate sense, they usually have a team of people and pretty quickly I have to figure out who, uh, what, who is filling what role, what are they responsible for? Um, and when I'm working with the, you know, an entrepreneur, especially one who's, you know, bootstrapping or, you know, trying to get things started with limited resources, the answer is there are, there is only one role and that is the person who is the founder. I mean, anybody, uh, I mean, the, the founders deserve their own pat on the back compared to everyone else because it just takes so much to do it. And, um, and you know, the, the company that comes to me is usually going to have somebody who has built the website for them and that person is on call. They, they might have a, a director of marketing and that person is on call. They might have a, a layer of, of uh, a, like a C layer above everybody, telling everybody what to do and what metrics they're driving for. Um, you know, working in that kind of a matrix is kind of the, I mean, it is the, the language of search and convert. But when it comes to helping an entrepreneur, you really just got to meet them where they are and, uh, and, and it's pretty easy to find out like, uh, you know, uh, questions like what's your website platform? How did you choose it? Um, you know, uh, where, what's next in your design process. And just from those questions, I can really tell whether somebody has all of the roles filled that they need. And if right. they don't. It sounds like a lot of education I'm gonna fill it. goes into yeah, it. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to fill it. Mm -hmm. Right. Very, very cool. Lo I love that you're able to like shift from, you know, corporate level search and convert kind of stuff to like, okay, entrepreneur, wh what do you need? Let me educate you on what's missing and let me fill, fill in that gap. That's, that's yeah. really cool. Well, in race conversations, they, they call that code switching. Um, okay. And, um, you know, and I've, I've learned how to be pretty good at it, uh, straddling the, the line between creative and entrepreneurship. Um, that there's a, there's a time when it's a get to know you conversation, right? right? And then there's a time when it's, how can I help you? And, you know, you've got to have one conversation before the other, you got to get to know somebody before you can really, you know, mm -hmm. uh, serve their needs. And I consider what I do a service, you know, I, I consider the, that I am in service to the, to the, my friends and the people in my community. I take it really seriously. That's awesome. Shannon, back to you. I, I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, we're celebrating uh, black excellence uh, in entrepreneurism. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about systemic issues in your industry. So you've been in business a couple of years now during the pandemic. What kind of challenges have you faced? Th that, that question is so interesting. 
the question is, anytime I hear it, it's interesting. What kind of challenges have I faced? I've faced all the challenges, all uh, just whatever challenge I, you face as an entrepreneur, not having money, not having clients, not having anything. You know, those are the things. But mm-hmm. what we're, I think what you're asking. You mean you didn't have is, it all figured out when you first started? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had it all figured out and then I just pretended <laughs> so I could get on this podcast, right? Yeah. And I had it all figured out. Mission um, accomplished. We got it. <laughs> um, yeah. I. The thing about any industry is, and I think it's any, almost any industry at this point is if it is run by white men, that's really who you're going to see. So the, as far as race goes, the, the challenges are how to convince someone, especially in companies that the face of what they're doing is, is mine how to convince them that it's mine. But at the same time, when the pandemic hit and the, and George Floyd was murdered and all, and black lives mattered was like shooting to uh, the forefront as far as being recognized. Suddenly now there was a shift for what and who I am. Right. And that is also a challenge. <laughs> I, would, I would imagine it's like both both sides of that coin are really strange. I I'm telling you I'm you know I we're gonna go all over this place here, but I su- suddenly my phone is blowing up. Right, it's February, mm-hmm. so suddenly mm-hmm. like people want me to work, people want me to like show up to their conferences and uh, do what podcasts, right, <laughs> and yeah. like, show up to places, but. That that is a challenge as as well, right? Is there a time? Should there really be a designated time where a person of color and their voice is more predominant or more valuable than than in March or December or June? Like <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, all of that, all of that to say that, yes, uh, as far as challenges go, um, it's it is a mental challenge to decide where where I want to put my voice, where I want to put my face. Um, I've asked I've had to ask people to take my name off their websites. Right. Not because they are doing something wrong within their company, but because they're using my name and face as a as a nod to them promoting black people or people of color or women. Right. But they're not actually doing it. They're just using my face to promote these things. So those are challenges that as a as a as Shannon Dale Stott Davis, <laughs> those are challenges that I go through. And I believe that probably many entrepreneurs of color go through because you're, you are looking, you are pounding the pavement, you are looking for money, but who are you going to be in service of who, where, how are you going to take that money? So when getting back to talking to you, PJ, you know, there is, Yes, there was like this, like, is this, is it free? You know, there's that part of it. How much, how much am I going to pay later? But 
some of that payment that we're talking about isn't financial. It's spiritual, it's moral. Like, am I, am I going to find out later that really the person that I'm working with isn't wanting to actually work with me? They just want to say that they are working with me. These are the things, these are challenges. I could see, I I definitely hear you and I can see that um, in in, in the work. We asked a question Mm -hmm. and we were, as we were getting to know each other, and uh, the question is, have you been able to take any of those challenges and turn them into victories? Mm. And I wanted to, 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 to ask that again to you because I, I thought your answer was was just great. Yeah, we'll see if, I, if it's the same answer now. <laughs> the, but the, the nuts and bolts of it is I, I am here and that is a victory. I am alive. I am running a business and that is a, a victory. That being said, the challenges that I have had to face and the mental health that I have had to go through, as well as all of the people of color, black and brown and and uh, that are going through to be here and to be alive and to be running their business, like should it it is a victory and should it be? That is the question, right? Should should I have had to go through all the things that I went through like and so, excuse me some someone will say well yes the it, resilience right resilience will make you stronger but is the resilience forced upon me i believe that it is right <laughs> so there is this <laughs> there is this joy that comes with like understanding that i am owning a business i am doing something that i'm passionate about and and i am majorly privileged to be doing it. Uh, And then on the flip side of that, there is like this, you look at other people and they may be in the exact same place that I'm in, but they didn't have to be as resilient or they didn't have the same challenges I went through. And some, and some of those challenges are directly a result of my gender and my race. And that's like, Well, one of the things that you, you, when you, you know, we were talking about this before, you're like, well, what do you mean by that question? And I ask that question to every entrepreneur mm-hmm. and, and, and what, because when you put the entrepreneurial hat on, as PJ mentioned earlier, you're wearing a lot of hats. It's not just one. Mm-hmm. And every morning you got to wake up, what hat do I put on for the first 10 minutes of the day? And, you know, just keep, keep doing that. So every entrepreneur that, that decides that, I'm going to go build something. I'm going to go create something out of, out of thin air has challenges and it is not, nothing is written and there's no rule book. You just got to keep, keep having courage and faith and keep putting one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have all of that. And in addition, what, what I'm hearing you say is I have all of that. Plus I have these things that I, that just shouldn't exist. And so I just think that's, I mean, also, uh, is is courageous. It's also something that that shouldn't be there. And I'm glad that we're having this discussion because the, the more people are aware of this, it just should be just a normal normal thing. So I'm I'm really happy about that. There's a, there's another factor I just want to say to talk about the systemic side that I've noticed. Um, and, and you know, Shannon is a case of one, right? But you know, uh, in my unique experience, I've got a case. I've got cases of probably twenty. Uh, 
examples like Shannon. One thing that is true is that in the African-American community, a lot of the freelancer services that are required for uh, uh, an entrepreneur like Shannon to get through to success is going to be things like uh, uh, who are the designers, who are the uh, web, the website builders, who are the uh, SEO experts, um, you know, who are these people? And I mean, and, and I'm saying I've observed in the African-American community, these skills are not available. It's almost like if I, if I, if I wanted to hire somebody who knew SEO and I said, I really want to hire an African-American person for this, I, I would go out and speak to people and I would be able to say, Hey, I can show you how to do SEO. Uh, I'll train you. You'll be a junior. You know, you'll, you'll understand how to do it and then you'll have a marketable skill at the end. But if that, if that individual looks around in their family and in their friends and in the people that went, that they went to school with, and none of them have ever made a dime off of, you know, providing SEO services or web design services, they're just not going to think it's for them. And I do think it's a systemic issue because these are the creative trades. And I think that, that the African-American community is uniquely positioned to be in the more creative trades. And yet the infrastructure to get them to success is not there all the way across the board. And this is a bigger issue than just Shannon. This is, this is, I think the challenge of my generation is to, is to introduce this opportunity. Yet another challenge. The 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 question I, I want to ask um, Shannon is your role as a founder, and you 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 said earlier that you teach uh, improv to people and corporations and things of that nature, and you're helping them have the hard conversations, the harder conversations, maybe the conversations they're just not used to, right? So how has that work that you've been able to, to, that you're doing for others helped you kind of address uh, these issues? I think like anything else, when we teach things, we learn them, right? You know, when we're in a space where we are teaching someone to do anything, we learn. Best, so best example I, oh, it's, it's a terrible example, but it's, I mean, it's a great example. It was a terrible story. Um, I was teaching a, a workshop and I had to explain what bobsledding was. Is that right? Yes. I had to explain what bobsledding was. I recognized, and I was on screen. Okay. So it was a virtual workshop and I looked across the screen and what I said was, what I said was, hey, uh, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do this exercise. It's like, I need you to think of it like a bobsled. And I saw that there was an, a woman of what I assumed was Asian descent in that, uh, in that group. And I said something like, um, does everyone know what bobsledding is? That felt fine. And she said, she said, no, she said, no. In my mind, I was like, good. I asked the right question. Then I went on to explain what bobsledding was. And then I said at the end of it, something real shitty, <laughs> like, like, did I use good enough English or something like really off the mark? And, and everyone, you could see it. Like, this is the 
gr- this great zoom is great. You could, you could see it. And we, you can see that foot that, going in the mouth. It was a big old <laughs> foot sandwich. Anyway, we had to leave. We had to like get out of that group and go back to the main group or whatever. And mm-hmm. in that thought, in that time that I had, I was like, good Lord, what, what am I going to do? And then we came back and because I have been doing improv for a long time, I know that at any given time, you can stop a scene. You can stop a scene and self-correct. You can stop a scene and move to another scene. You can fully erase it, whatever it is. So I used that as, you know, we went back in and we were, I could have just kept going. I had, I had the ability. I could have just kept going. But instead, I said, hey, I'm so glad we're back together. I want to stop right here and apologize. I can't tell you how sorry I am for just being rude. Like, I just felt whatever I said, I, I, I felt rude. And I feel like you all, uh, you know, felt, felt that. So I just want to apologize now for it. And it was like the anuses released. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, cause we were just like, holy shit, who is this person? And so my point, you how to, yeah. And so you're yeah. asking like hard conversations, hard conversations really aren't that difficult. <laughs> they're right. not, they're just, they're people make it difficult because right. they are unwilling to put themselves in spaces where they feel embarrassed. Right. Yeah. Instead of just addressing the fact that you're embarrassed, we just sort of move on through it. And improv isn't about teaching you how to have a hard conversation. It's about lightening yourself and being aware of other people so that you can be vulnerable so that you understand it's okay. It's fun to be vulnerable. It's okay. People appreciate it. We can change this scene. And that scene is, oh, I'm going to get way big. But the scene is the world, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can figure out how to be vulnerable enough to say sorry, to be empathetic, to try and understand someone else's point of view, these are the things that help grow and strengthen relationships. And they are the things that help change the world. I love, I love it. It just is, it's such a simple solution, but it it is hard. It's, it's, it's the ego or something inside that is just, you know, tells society it's hard. And it's really just swallowing that and saying, no, I want for the greater good, just you know, be real. And that's awesome. I, I, I love that you shared that. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change the, now I'm going to stop the story and change directions. Good. Um, since we're celebrating black excellence, do you have any favorite entrepreneurs who've inspired you or inspire you now? Yeah. The right now, when I was talking to you all earlier and I said um, that we had pivoted towards being a production company right mm-hmm. now, like monkey paw productions and hooray productions are really Issa Rae and Jordan Peele mm-hmm. production companies are really inspiring to me. The fact that they are truly trying to reach the black community mm-hmm. and tell stories in ways that 
are it's just dif- dif- different. Like I, when I watch Jordan Peele's horror movies, I'm like, oh no, that's really what it's like. Ah, and you look around, and, and sometimes there are other people in the in. Well, in the theater, do we go to theaters anymore? But there are people around who understand what you're going through. And there are people around who really don't, but they are horrified, but they don't know what, why they don't know why they're, and that's also amazing. (laughs) So anyway, just having, having those stories be told in creative and uh, releasing ways is wonderful. And then on Issa Rae's side, having the same, having those same stories be told. And she's really trying to have entrepreneurs, right? Have people who are just starting out have the opportunities to tell their stories. So those right now, like looking at what those two uh, people are doing is really inspiring as far as what I can do in, in that direction, as far as telling stories and um, incorporating other people to tell their stories as well. I love that. I have one final question for the both of you. Um, and that question is because the show is called masters and founders and the, sh- and the show is really about, you know, teaching entrepreneurs how to be entrepreneurs, better entrepreneurs and through experiences, life experiences and through the, through the journey. So the question is really simple. What's what's the advice for the entrepreneurs that are listening? And then we can get more detailed if we want to. And, and if they are fight, facing other challenges, as we talked about being a black entrepreneur, what's the advice there as well? Hmm. PJ, do you have a do you have advice for entrepreneurs? Uh, well, I mean, my yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, the, <laughs> I think I think the my my first advice is it's really got to matter to somebody. That's that's been that's been something that I say over and over again. Um, if it's a if it's a you know a, a converting landing page or something, you've got to break through and it's got to matter to them. And if you're if if someone is finding that that within their business or within their life that they're not finding fulfillment, then they need to look a little bit deeper. And, you know, for me, I would encourage other business owners. My advice would be to other business owners, start up your own black business better program within your own company because it's meaningful work and it will change the way you see your own business. I promise. I I promise anybody that, that follows this path, they will learn more about themselves and more about their business by, by, going, going the direction that I went, I would, I, I think that's the best advice I can give. Make it matter to you, to somebody. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's one of the other conversations that we had, PJ, you and I early on a few months ago. Um, that's something that's really near and dear to your heart is ethics mm-hmm. to make sure that that's first and foremost in your, in your business. And I, that, that, uh, I certainly believe that. And hearing that from you and hearing that that's a big passion of yours is also, um, I just wanted to add to that because it was in the same kind of vein and make it matter. And so, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Shannon? If people are listening and they're wondering like, what do I do? (laughs) I recently I have had to sit down and tell myself and look at my past and history and 
look in the mirror and say to myself, oh, I'm not crazy. From what I understand, and from what I understand, I'm not the only person on the planet. So (laughs) 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 there are other people who go through the same experiences that I've had. And one of those experiences, as far as being an entrepreneur, is having people that you trust and love or who you feel like you trust and love tell you that your idea is crazy. And it can, sometimes that word isn't used, but it's, it can come out like that's too much or it, how, how do you think that's going to work? Or that I've never seen that before. All those things are different ways of saying that somehow your idea or you are off the beaten path. And as, as earnestly as I can tell you, listener, you are not. And the behind that is go forth and keep digging at what you're, what you're passionate about or what the thing is that people are telling you is off because usually it's, it feels, you can tell you could, there's something in you that's like, it keeps coming back to you. You keep turning towards this thing and there's a reason for that. So you may as well follow it. I, I, that's great advice. I really love that. I mean, obviously within the journey and this is just, you know, conversations I've had in the past, there's, there's pivoting and and things of that nature that have to happen throughout your journey. However, Mm -hmm. um, I do believe that, that the universe provides us each a calling and that calling is what you're, you're talking about. The voice that keeps saying this is, needs to be done and listening to that voice is, is what I'm hearing you say It's listen to that voice and keep, keep, keep going. So love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for being part of the show. Really have enjoyed listening to the story, listening to, um, all of the, the journey that you're, you have gone through and are going through now and, and the impact it's having. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Dan. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and story with us, Shannon. It is awesome to learn how using improv skills can help us become more empathetic and present and how learning these skills can change the world. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into this Founder Spotlight, a series brought to you by Austin's number one entrepreneurial podcast, Masters and Founders. To learn more about improv on and off the stage, follow Shannon on social media at Improv On and Off and find more information at her website, shannonstott.com. You can find PJ and the Search and Convert team by visiting their site, searchandconvert.com. This Founder Spotlight series is sponsored by Search and Convert, which is an Austin-based marketing agency that can help your business get more leads through your site. To learn more about corporate podcasting, visit us at foundingmedia.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and tell a friend.